A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Being safe on the farm is key, and I'm talking about manure gases. I'm speaking with Becky Larson, an associate professor and extension specialist in the Biological Systems Engineering Department at UW-Madison. Last week, there were three men who passed away from manure gases, unfortunately. So, Becky, tell me more about what manure gases are. Um, So, I've only read a few articles, uh, but it was a very tragic event something that has happened before, unfortunately, where we have manure gases that build up in an area, um, they get to levels of toxicity that can lead to somebody passing out. And then unfortunately, when others go in to rescue without knowing the risks and how to maybe do that in a way to keep themselves safe, they also succumb to the gases and um, led to their to, to that tragic incident of losing multiple people. So now, how common is it for manure gases to be exposed like that and cause death? So it's since the early 1960s up until maybe 2016, there's about 150 people died in the U.S. And then in the last few years, we've seen um, a few deaths each year, I would say, uh, related to manure gases. And the difficult thing is that might be an underestimate as well, because we don't always associate every single incident. Um, But that's a good kind of estimate of what we've been seeing lately. So, Becky, tell me more about how the manure gases build up to cause this. So manure produces gases naturally. It's part of its degradation process. So all of that organic material in there is degraded by the microorganisms. It's supernatural, supernormal. It happens all um, in, in a lot of natural systems. Um, and then as those microorganisms degrade that organic material, they release gases. And so those gases typically form and then are released and dissipated into the atmosphere and they then dissipate into really low concentrations. What sometimes happens is the concentrations build up. And so then the concentrations of certain gases can become dangerous and have high risk to to human health. The gases of concern, I would say the major gas of concern that leads to the majority of the incidents, particularly when we're talking about the death, is hydrogen sulfide. So hydrogen sulfide, I think people know it when people talk about a rotten egg smell. It's something that is produced from a lot of different systems. It's produced in natural systems in the environment. And the hydrogen sulfide is produced, and as I mentioned before, usually dissipates. But occasionally, the conditions can be right where the um, gases aren't allowed to dissipate. And so some really high concentrations can be present um, in a high enough concentration to cause death. Um, I would say there's a lot of concerns about hydrogen sulfide and the fact that one, you smell it. And so people can think when the smell goes away, that as the smell goes away, that the risk is reducing because the gas is going away. But hydrogen sulfide can also paralyze um, your olfactory nerve, which is responsible for your sense of smell. So you might think that the gas is going away, but it's actually increasing in concentration. And so at a certain point, that hydrogen sulfide can knock you out and then assert and pass that it can Um, kill you at 
at a higher concentration. There's also other gases to be concerned about. I would say, you know, we know methane is produced, carbon dioxide. Usually those aren't getting to a toxicity level. It's more that they are causing a lack of oxygen. So hydrogen sulfide is a big concern because of toxicity. The other gases are concerned because they um, limit your access to oxygen in a space. So what are the days where there are more manure gases? Wet days or dry days? So generally, we talk about a few things. So we're still trying to sort this out completely to give better recommendations. That's what some of our research is focusing on. But we know when it's really hot, microorganisms produce more gas. So when the temperatures are super hot, we see a lot of these incidents happening in those times where you have a lot of gas production at those times. We also know that when the wind is really low, so some people, Sometimes we look at maybe some of these incidents possibly occurred during a weather inversion or some other circumstance where the gases are being trapped close to the surface of the earth. So in that case, you're not getting that dispersion and they're building up. So they're being produced faster. They're building up. And really the big time that a lot of these things happen is when you're agitating manure pits. Um, under barn, outside, any of them. So in manure pits, the gases can get trapped within the manure. And as you agitate, it's releasing a lot of those. So those that agitation period when it's really hot and there's no wind seem to be um, some of the really high risk times. But it's important to understand that just because there is some wind or other things doesn't mean there's there's no risk. Always paying attention to your system my recommendation is to wear the little sensors that aren't very much money that can, whenever you're agitating, um, but then really thinking about those high risk times and maybe trying to avoid them would be, a, would be a way to reduce your risk from the manure gases. So what are some safety measures that can prevent the manure gases from having any harm to farmers and those that work around manure pits? So there... These gases are always going to be produced. The main thing that we want to do is, number one, we want to try to lower our risk. So if we can lower our exposure to these gases, we can reduce our risk. So we don't want to go into places where we call confined spaces. I think a lot of um, people working on livestock farms know what confined spaces are. That's a place where the gases get trapped. We don't want to go into those confined spaces unless we're using a respirator and other equipment that is designed for that. Um, the other way gases get trapped is if we have barriers set up. So if you can imagine I'm agitating manure. So if I have a manure pit, this is a, a circumstance where a lot of these incidents have been happening lately. I'm agitating the manure and it's releasing the gases. I don't want to be too close to that manure pit, right? I want to be as far away from there as I can. If I need to be close, I want to ensure that I'm doing those kind of activities where the conditions promote the dispersion, right? So a little bit of, you know, some wind the lower temperature. So I don't want to be agitating my manure when it's super hot and there's zero wind and the winds and the gases are kind of getting trapped there. Um, at that point, I would want to be back away from the manure pit. Or if I need to get closer, I'd want to make sure that I have sensors that I'm wearing that would alert me to when it hits a low toxicity range so that I know to get away before it gets to those higher toxicity ranges where it can cause um, issues. So the most important thing is having conditions where you can allow dispersion. So wind is really important, fans, ventilation, all of that stuff is really important to make sure that you're moving those gases out to where they can dissipate in the atmosphere. So with technology increasing and the world evolving with many people wanting to learn more, what may you be seeing as the trend? 
So it's it's hard. I don't have the numbers in front of me to say the exact trend, but we do seem to be having a number of deaths in recent years. So I think that maybe warmer conditions, maybe the way we're operating systems might be leading to more gas production. Um, it's really hard to say over time how that's happened, but we are trying to get the, re- the resources out there. We have a fact sheet that has a lot of detailed information about if you read through about the conditions that produce these gases, how you want to avoid them, and even talking about technology and sensors that you can wear. There are, you know, concerns with sensors and technology that we don't want people to get alarm fatigue. We don't want them to become overly reliant on that. You know, understanding your risk is the best thing you can do um, to, to prevent any uh, issues um, so that you understand all of the risks and then, you know, using those, um, the technology as an additional piece of safety equipment is a great idea. Um, We're also currently actually doing a lot of research on this. We got some funding from the USDA NEFA, and we're looking at trying to further pinpoint the conditions and the locations and other pieces of information that might be useful to further reduce your risk and be more aware of the conditions that might cause effects to human health. The, the one other thing I want to mention, you want to be careful of your own health, but also your animal's health, right? So they're also near these systems, near manure systems. Um, so you want to be sure that around when you're agitating, agitating under barn, that you're thinking about not only um, your workers, your family members, but also um, the animals in that area. So there are a lot of resources for farmers to really learn more about. Have you seen more interest in how to prevent manure gases and that? Absolutely. So we get a decent amount of questions. At what It's what made us write the proposal to get the research funding. We were seeing a lot more interest, you know, with, with many livestock producers wanting to understand, a lot of custom haulers wanting to understand what was leading to these incidents so they could protect themselves, their workers, and their families. Well, that is good. Now, where can people find more information um, about this? So if you go to the learning store, um, there is a fact sheet titled Reducing Risk from Manure Storage Agitation Gases. Um, It has a price tag listed there, but it is free to download. So if you access it on your phone or your computer, you can access it for free. Um, And that can give you all the information that you might need on the background that we know. It also has my contact information. So if you need additional information, people can feel free to reach out. Well, thanks so much, Becky. Do you have any further information that you would like to share? Uh, I want to tell people it's a it's a big concern. You don't want to get yourself into a situation that leads to some terrible thing happening to yourself or your family. So the, just learning a little bit, understanding a little bit about how to reduce your risk can really keep yourself and the people you love safe. Reducing your risk to keep the your health risk low from the gases that are being produced from your manure system. So there's a lot of information there about the conditions. If you can educate yourself, the conditions that are lead to higher risk. So if you know about those, um, you can limit that condition from happening. So education is really important. Just understanding um, will allow you to reduce those risks from the manure gases very significantly um, just by trying to uh, increase dispersion, understanding when they're produced, when more gases are produced, maybe avoiding just a few days a year that those conditions, those environmental conditions might lead to um, more gas production, um, maybe educating yourself a little bit on the sensors and the other things that are available if you want to take those further steps. That was Becky Larson, an associate professor and extension specialist in the Biological Systems Engineering Department at UW-Madison. 
There are so many resources and educational tools to learn more about manure gases and how to stay safe on the farm. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Michelle Stangler.